Well, addicts, the playoffs are finally here. Before we start the show, I wanted to address all of our listeners and viewers. I've been hearing a lot of negative sentiment from the Chiefs' kingdom as we head into the playoffs. A lot of people think this isn't the Chiefs' year. I've seen fans declare the playoff Chiefs dead on arrival, wrapping up the season before the postseason has even kicked off. They think that the mistakes, the offensive struggles, the lackluster play from the regular season is just sure to carry over into the playoffs, and they're bracing for the worst. Maybe they're right. I mean, I know how they feel. I'm 40 years old, and despite not growing up in Kansas City, I've been a Chiefs fan since April 20th, 1993, the day Joe Montana was traded to KC, and I've ridden with the Chiefs ever since. I endured through the playoff losses to Jim Kelly and the Bills and Dan Marino and the Dolphins. I suffered through Lynn Elliott in 1995, an early blow to my young Chiefs fandom. And I didn't go to school the day after the 14-10 loss to Elway and the Broncos. In 2003, now in college, I watched the game where nobody punted against Manning and the Colts. I was still there for 23-8 against the Colts in 07 and 30-7 against the Ravens in 2010. <laughs> the day of my father-in-law's retirement party in 2014, my wife got her first real taste of the horror that was Chiefs playoff football when the Colts again ripped our hearts out 45-44. I never wavered in 2017 against the Steelers when the Chiefs didn't give up a touchdown and still lost, or 2018 when Marcus Mariota threw a touchdown pass to himself. I celebrated like a madman for about eight seconds in 2019 until I realized D. Ford had just committed the biggest blunder in franchise history. I made it through all of that, and so did many of you. And if you think that the recounting of the 1993 to 2019 Chiefs playoff football wasn't disturbing enough for you to hear, just ask an old timer about 1972 to 1985 when there were no playoffs to be miserable about. We survived Herm, Romeo, Candy Wrappers, Tyler Palco, Tyler Thigpen, Brody Croyle, Shabby Sabby Piscatelli, Frankie Hammond Jr., Donald Stevenson. No touchdowns by a wide receiver. Ten sacks in a season. Tony G leaving. Neil Smith leaving. Jared Allen leaving. Losing Lamar Hunt. Losing Norma Hunt. We endured all of those things and much, much more. So don't tell me this isn't the Chiefs' year. Don't tell me it's too cold to go to Arrowhead. Don't look me in the eye and tell me 11-6, a three seed, and a home playoff game is a disappointing season. I used to dream about 11-win seasons. Yes, the standards are higher now. Yes, Mahomes is a don't-waste-any-season kind of deal, right? And any game could be Kelsey's last. But like, let's not lose sight of how special this run has been and how awesome and talented this team still is. And let's not take an eighth straight AFC West championship for granted. Maybe this isn't the Chiefs year. All great runs end. And maybe 2024 is the year that the Arrowhead Invitational gets canceled. Maybe these Chiefs will go one and done and we'll all have to endure Tyree Kill's trash talk for a few months. So what? We've been through worse. We've been to hell and back. Look, if you want to go into these playoffs expecting the worst, if that helps you cope, by all means, do you. But not me. I'm going down with the ship. If I rode with Elvis Gerback, you can bet your sweet ass I'm riding with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid. The only guarantee is that the Chiefs have one more game, a playoff game on Saturday night at Arrowhead Stadium, and another shot at glory. 
Let's not forget how special that is. Throw out the regular season and enjoy the ride. You never know when you might have to get off. As for me, I believe. Go Chiefs. All right, let's get on with the show. All right, welcome in to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Patrick Allen here with you as always. Had a little pep talk for y'all to, to get you fired up for the playoffs. Why not? Let's enjoy the ride. Here uh, with me again this week is our pal from Sports Illustrated, Matt Verderam. Verderam, how you doing, man? How you feeling about things? I'm good. I feel good. I'm uh, packing every single layer I own for uh, Kansas City on Saturday. So I'm... Yeah. Uh, I'm excited, though. I can't wait. I am really looking forward to it. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm trying to, you know, I was feeling nervous about the game earlier uh, in, in the day because it's, you know, it's Thursday. We're, we're almost there. We're not going to have to wait till Sunday. And, um, yeah, I started thinking about the whole run the Chiefs have been on, and I was thinking about how I'd feel if they lost. And then, I, you know, I started – I just sat down and started writing. I'm like, you know what? I get some, some perspective here. I think it's important. Before the game, we'll talk you down after uh, here on the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. But I thought it was important before the game to say, look, if if this, if this is who these guys are this year and it, and it carries over into the playoffs, you know, try try to find the silver lining. Don't be miserable. You just won the Super Bowl, you know, all that. Um, and I was excited. It got me excited and fired up for the game instead of instead of going into it expecting things to be horrible. Uh, just just go ahead and reflect on a few of those few of those games I called out, uh, <laughs> and and all of a sudden it. It doesn't look so bad, does it? No, it's awesome. I mean, look, if they lose on Saturday, okay, what are you going to do? Sit there and cry about it and be like, oh, you know, this is really unfair. I mean, they've gone to three of the last four Super Bowls. They won two of them. They've hosted five straight AFC title games. I mean, come on. I mean, if they were to lose this game, uh, you can't exactly wallow in, in your, your own muck, okay? That being said, Look, maybe I eat these words and we clip it out. I, I think they are going to kill Miami on Saturday night. I could be wrong. God knows. I, I don't have a perfect track record of predictions, but I I think Miami is so beat up in this game. The Chiefs, I don't it's not even so much about the Chiefs as it is just the circumstances. I think the Chiefs will play well uh, off of what is essentially a bye. But I look at the Dolphins, and by the way, the weather for me, that like nothing about the weather factors into my prediction. Like, yeah, it's cold and, and that's fine. And yeah, but like I just think Miami is so beat up in this game that the only way the Chiefs will lose, and God knows they've done it this year, is if they turn the ball over a lot. That's it. Which they could. They could do that. That's how they lose. I mean that that and just handing you know, handing them 200 rushing yards. That's it. Because if that doesn't happen, like Waddle and Mostert probably play. Waddle's nowhere near 100 percent And and so it's like, look, you know, basically, you take Tyreek Hill out of this game, and they're not throwing the ball. They're not. There's no other receiver on that team with 300 yards. Like, they're not doing anything outside of those two guys, and one of them's hurt. I just look at this game and say, this lines up really well for the Chiefs. But whether they lose this weekend, they lose the following weekend, whatever. Like, you can't be that fan who, if they lose in the playoffs this year, you're like, fire Veach, fire Andy, fire the. I mean, come on. Like, if you're that person, you're, you're, I'll say I'll I won't. You're a clown. You're a clown. Okay. <laughs> like we'll keep it PG. You're a clown. Like you can't, you just can't be that guy or gal. So yeah, look, I'm excited for the game. I think it should be fun. I'm gonna be covering it. 
I'll be there. Um, but, you know, win or lose here. I mean, you got a lot to be proud of with this football team. Yeah, amen to that. We got a, a little bit of news to get to, and uh, and we're going to obviously preview this this big tilt between the Chiefs and the Dolphins, second time they'll be playing this year. Real quick, though, got to let you know, um, DraftKings has a fantastic sign-up bonus ahead for the postseason. You can place a $5 first bet on anything to instantly camp claim $200 in bonus bets. You'll also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. The best part is that you will receive both rewards even if your first bet loses. When you join DraftKings, make sure to sign up with our code, Arrowhead. Using our code Arrowhead not only gets you these great bonuses, but it also directly supports our podcast. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, you haven't done it yet, make sure to use the code Arrowhead to maximize your first bets and parlays. This offer is available only to new customers 21 and older and physically present in legal gambling states. So please make sure to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. Appreciate your support, everybody. Um, Okay, so on the news front, I got a lot of Travis Kelsey news here I want to get to with you, Verderam. Um, (laughs) The good news for, for Chiefs fans is you know, Travis Kelsey was was asked way in the offseason, you know, hey, man, how long are you going to play? And he said, hey, till the wheels fall off, baby. That was music to my ears, to most Chiefs fans' ears. He got asked about uh, it again this week after, you know, kind of people have been saying, oh, he looks banged up. He doesn't look the same. Maybe he's going to hang it up. And Kelsey said, I have no reason to stop playing football. He said a little bit more about that, but basically he enjoys football. He enjoys the way it's it's challenging him. Um how does that make you feel as a Chiefs fan? Good. I mean, it feels good. Listen, I mean, I, I've always felt like he'll be here for a few more years. I, I think the reality is he's signed for two more years. So I think he'll play for two more years unless he just really breaks down physically. And then after that, it's probably a year-by-year year thing if, if he wants to continue to go further. I, I'm not surprised. I mean, Andy Reid basically did the same thing. You know, Andy was like, yeah, I'm not going to – I mean, look, this whole retirement thing with Andy was born out of a report by Jay Glazer – last year at the Super Bowl, and everybody was going crazy. And I know because I was there. I was in the building when Andy, after the game, was like, yeah, that's not happening. And I'm not – by the way, that's not to denigrate Jake Glazer. It does amazing work. My point is just that Jay kind of had a conversation with Andy, and it was like, oh, yeah, he might retire. And I think Andy felt like it was taking a lot of context. The point being – and that happens. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's, it's human communication. But, um, I, I mean, Andy signed, I think, for like three more years. Like he's not gonna like walk. Where's where's Andy Reid going? The beach? <laughs> right. Like realistically, where is he going? You know, I mean, Andy Reid. There are certain people that you look at them and you go, you know, hey, they could go to the booth. They've got other interests in life. You know, football is Andy Reid's life, and he's got Patrick Mahomes. Like he's gonna walk away from that. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't see. I mean. I, I think those guys have a couple of years minimum left in each of them. I really did. I felt like that before they talked today. So it's not surprising. I, you know, I think realistically, if you're them, why would you like once, you know, one thing people don't realize or don't think about, at least I don't think most people think about this. Once you're done, like, you're done. There's no like, you know, especially as a player, I mean, as a coach, obviously you can always kind of play. Like, you're done. That's it. You've played this game your whole life. It is a huge part of your identity. It is who you are. And then all of a sudden it's not, and it's gone. And all those people that cheer for you on Sundays, like they'll always love you, but like that, that's that's a huge part of you. I had an athlete once tell me that um, athletes are the only people who die twice. Mm. And I think there's a big part of it. You know, you talk to people after they retire. I know like for NFL players, 
and this was a study done about 10 years ago, so forgive me if it's a little different, but like the divorce rate for people who retire, it's like 50% in the first like five years after they retire because it just, it, it, it's just, it's devastating. Yeah. So like, what, like, look, SNL and the broadcast boot's going to be there for Travis Kelsey when he's 38 years old. It's going to be there. You know, like, I just think, you know, you look at Belichick. Belichick's like 72 years old. He's, he's ready to coach again. Like, oh, yeah. it's their Belichick. lives. Yeah. It is everything these guys do. It is who they are. I'm not, you know, I think it's I think it's harder for the guys who have young kids and guys who have kids in their 30s and 40s. They, they're grown. They've, you know, they've, they've had their own lives. They're doing their own thing. For Andy, like, where are you going? What are you going to do? You know, I, I think he's going to be around a while. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, I was just thinking of Belichick while you were talking about that. Obviously, huge news with him today if, if, you, if you've been living in a hole uh, and just emerged. Belichick and the Patriots parting ways. Belichick, you know, he intends to coach. He's one of those guys that I think if, if he if he died on the field, that'd be all right with him. Yeah, probably. Right? You know, yeah. I mean, Andy, Bill, you don't get to the level of success all time, all time that those two guys have gotten to without really loving it and being able to stay motivated and keep that fire lit. Not everybody's able to do that. You know, Bill Cower, when he retired and his wife passed away, he went into broadcasting. I'm not saying he's never had the itch to get back into it, but he's he seems to be enjoying yeah. his life. I, I just think, again, there's a lot of times when you really look at it, like, think about all the work that goes into becoming an NFL head coach or an NFL player. And then you all of a sudden start seeing the end of the road. You know, whether it's because of your age or maybe it's because your ability is declining, like whatever it is. I mean, that's going to be terrifying, right? Like, like for what I do for a living, let's face it, like there's going to come a day where either somebody lays me off, which in this industry, God knows is possible, okay? Or if if God willing, I'm fortunate enough, I get to walk into my boss's office and go, hey, you know what? I'm done. I'm good, you know? But for me, I could always do my own thing. I could write on the side. I could write a column for freelance. I mean, there's a million different things I can do. If I want to still go to the NFL Combine because I got a bunch of buddies in the league, I could just go to it. Right. You know, like, who cares? They're not going to not give me a credential for it. The and Well, at least to this point, I could do something in the future that makes me not have a credential. But, you know, I can still live that life if I want to. You know, I still can do that. And if you're Andy Reid, there's no part-time. They're not going to let you coach six games out of the year and show up for the playoffs. Right, right. You're either all in or you're out. I think most guys retire, you know, especially players, because of the offseason, because of the grind that it is to get yourself physically ready. Most guys during the season, they'll tell you, hey, yeah, I'm beat up and all that, but, like, I love playing. Yeah. It's the offseason. It's, it's having to work through all that. That's what I think a lot of guys, they just get tired of it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, more on the Kelsey front. Um, he was asked about not playing in week 18. You know, it was interesting. Chris Jones was playing for money, so he was out there, played a lot more than I think most Chiefs fans would have been comfortable with, but it worked out for him. I think a lot of people thought, well, Kelsey's going to play, right? He's going to go out there. He just needs it. one 16-yard pass, throw him a couple screens, get in, get out. 
he decided to sit and he was asked about it. And here's what he said. First of all, he said this on, on New Heights, actually. And it was he was the first thing he said was pretty funny. I remember they were playing the Chargers. He said, I mean, isn't it obvious? You think I was trying to go out there and get fucking powerbombed by Derwin James? Fuck that. Are you kidding me? Uh, hilarious answer. Uh, but then he went on to say, um, I, I was never into this. It never felt right to go out there chasing stats. I was kind of in and out of practice all week. For me to just jump in on game day and try to get 15 or 16 yards, whatever it was, which is a lot harder than you you guys think it is. Even though I had 100 and something against the Chargers earlier in the year, it's hard to do it twice against a team. They've got a lot of veteran football players that understand the game and understand what the fuck, uh, what why the fuck I'm in the game. And he said a little bit more, but basically, it, it just wasn't it wasn't what he said. Everybody in the the facility was coming up to him. They really wanted it for him. What does that say to you about Travis Kelsey, who we've really watched sort of grow up and mature over the years on this team? not going in and chasing stats and kind of keeping his eye on the prize a little bit. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, listen, I think it's a professional thing, but um, I would say kind of not to, to go a different route here, but I would actually say that I think it's interesting. It feels like the last couple of weeks with them, the Bengals game being the start of it, the Chargers game, and then even in this week of practice, I, I want to give credit. I think it was Aaron Ladd, I think. Um, who shot some practice video and like Kelsey was jumping around. The team was like basically doing like a dance routine in the middle of the field. Yeah. Like this is the first time all year with them that I can remember where they have looked like they're genuinely enjoying being out on the field. Like, I don't know whether that's because that Bengals game, it was such a relief for them. Like, Hey, we won the division. It's over. I don't know whether the chargers game was maybe a little bit of like, Hey, you know, it's a, you know, it's kind of a week off, and then they won, and Jones got his sack, and they get to kind of celebrate all that. I, w- I do wonder – and look, this isn't going to win them games. I'm not trying to make it out like that. But, like, I do wonder a little bit if there is – like, the, the season's been so difficult for them, it, far more difficult than most of their recent regular seasons have been. I wonder if there is a little bit of them that it's almost like, hey, you know what, F it, the regular season's over. None of it matters anymore. Like for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, all they've been talking about, all they've been asked about is like the offense and dropping passes and penalty. And now it's like, well, who gives a shit? I, we're like, we're got to win one game. That's it. Like all the rest of this stuff's completely irrelevant. We got to go beat the Miami Dolphins. And I wonder if there is something to the idea with this team of being able to just breathe a little bit. I mean, there does seem just some joy with them. Yeah. It hasn't been there. All year and the last three weeks. Now, hey, look, having joy doesn't mean MBS is about to go catch a slant and run 80 yards with it. Like, I get it. Okay. I'm not trying to sit here and sell some pie in the sky Disney movie narrative. I'm just saying it seems like their headspace is a lot better. Yeah. Whereas before, I mean, Mahomes, it looked like a hostage video half the time during the pressures. Right? I mean, he'd be up there and, and he's never like that. The last month or so, it would be like, yeah, you know, we got to get better. Got to figure this out. Whereas it seems like they're having a little bit more fun. And I do think like like Willie Gay throwing snowballs in the locker room. I just think there's that does matter. Like for your psyche, it matters. And and it seems like they found that a little bit. Well, one thing that they can achieve in this game, our last news item is uh, and this one's kind of a cool. This one's a cool uh, record that they could get or at least tie Mahomes to Kelsey. Um, They have 14 connections in the in the postseason. And that is the second most ever by a quarterback and receiver after Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady, who've done it 15 times. 
So the Chiefs can tie that with one and 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 take the record for for two. Um, do you expect them to to get that one uh, at least tie in this game? Uh, I do. I do. I think they will. Um, look, the Dolphins did a hell of a job on Kelsey the first time they played each other. I think he had like three catches for 14 yards. Like they really shut him down. Um, but this Dolphins team, and it kind of alludes to what I said at the beginning of the show, this is not the same Dolphins defense. I mean, this is like, this is a shell of what it's been. Okay. I mean, if you think about just from the first game, Chubb is out, Phillips is out. Ben Ginkle is out. Jerome Baker is out. Xavier Howard is out. Deshaun Elliott and Javon Holland, their two starting safeties, did not practice all week. They're questionable. Holland has multiple MCL injuries, one in each knee. And Elliott, I believe, is a calf. Um, there's a real chance they're missing seven defensive starters in this football game. Now, I get they got Ramsey, who's also been limited all week. And they've got Sealer and, and Wilkins up front in the middle. They're two very good players, and they have Long, who leads the team in tackles. You're surrounding four very good players with seven backups if those safeties don't play. And if they play, they're clearing out 100%. Like, the biggest thing that I look at, at that is not so much the talent drop-off. It's the inability to communicate because you don't know what everybody's going to do. When you have that many guys going into the system new, like, and they're signing guys off the street this week. I mean, Justin Houston, they signed him, Bruce Irvin. Like, when, you, when you're signing guys off the street, I mean, you could make a call that, like, if one guy doesn't know it, it could be seven. I mean, it could be, you know, a disaster the other direction. I, I just, I think that's going to be very, very challenging for them. And I do think there's an opportunity with, especially with when they're down the red zone, all the motions they do and everything else, where they could pop Kelsey wide open, where he could just say, you know, I, I see a void. Maybe it's not even designed, but he just sees, oh, you know, th- this guy, he, he's gotten leverage wrong, whatever, bang, touchdown. So I do. I think Kelsey gets in the end zone this week. Uh, shout out to Raymond Chandler for the super chat. Said, I've been a Chiefs fan since I was young, and Hank Stram was head coach. Never dreamed we'd have a team as good as this team, even this season. Yeah, there were some, you know, as I mentioned in there, the the 70s into the mid-80s was a was a dark, dark time if, if you were a Chiefs fan. I mean, there was not a whole lot to get excited about. Uh, and then there were, and then it just sort of moved uh, on to these gut-wrenching, heart-wrenching playoff exits which was yeah. like the new pain. And then probably those guys were wishing that they could go back to the seventies when they weren't even in the playoffs. So they didn't have to get put through the ringer like that team. did. I mean, when I, in that, in that rant I had at the beginning of the show, man, I was actually, as I was writing it out, I was like, mother of God, almost all of these playoff appearances, not all of them, but almost all of them had just like some horrendous, ridiculous thing that happened that, that was notable. Oh, oh it was yeah. Crazy. Yeah. That, that's who they were for, you know, most of my life growing up, you know, I just, you know, again, I, I think that, you know, if you're a Chiefs fan, do you want them to win this weekend? Of course. And they should win this week. There is no excuse to lose this game. Okay. They are at home. They are healthy. The Dolphins are coming from Miami to basically play in Antarctica for this game. Uh, this is now projected to be the third coldest game in NFL history. The only games that are colder are games called the Ice Bowl and the Freezer Bowl. So <laughs> there's, I mean, there is no excuse. The Chiefs have the better coach. They've got the better quarterback. They've got the better defense. They don't have the better offense, but I got to tell you, Miami this year against good defenses can't score a point. They're averaging 17 points a game 
against teams in the playoffs. Now, the Chiefs are only scoring 18 points a game. Uh, Joe Shad, uh, who covers the Dolphins, put that tweet out there, did a nice job. Um, but, like, to me, this is not the Dolphins team that's been most of the – this team, they're missing everybody. And, and Waddle, like, you might play. He's hurt. He's clearly hurt. He's got a high ankle sprain. He barely moved around this week. Like, there's – and I'll give you another. Nobody is talking about this injury. Nobody. Their center is out for the year with a torn ACL. And Liam Eichenberg's taken over. Eichenberg has struggled some. Do you know how hard it's going to be to communicate with him in that stadium? They have openly talked about the fact all year, not this week, all year. Crowd noise is very difficult for them because of the way they have to communicate with all the motion they do. They do more motion than anybody in the league. And if you're dealing with crowd noise and the backup center, like that could be a recipe for like, hey, man, you snapped the ball too early. You snapped the ball too late. All of a sudden, the, I mean, that that is not only in terms of timing, but calling out protections, figuring out who's coming on a blitz, who's dropping. Also, I mean, that is the to me, you could make an argument that's the most important injury the Dolphins have this weekend because all it takes is one time you don't pick up a blitzer and that guy rocks to it and the ball comes out and it's a scoop and score. Like that's game, probably. Like, so that's that's where I do think um I mean, I think the Chiefs have a ton of advantages this week. That is chief among them. No pun intended. Yeah, no, by the way, if they do get the communication right, after he snaps the ball, he's got to deal with Chris Jones. So yeah. not yeah, fun. Not, great. not fun. Um, all right. Well, let's uh let's get into the game here. Chiefs versus Dolphins, part two. First time they've played on US soil this year, but the second time after the first game was in Germany. Chiefs uh open as a favorites in this one. I think it was about a three, three and a half point line. It's okay. moved to four and a half. Um, minus four and a half for the Chiefs is the favorite. Your over-under is 43 and a half, according to our friends at uh, at DraftKings. So um, use the code Arrowhead. Um, this game is it's going to be zero degrees right now, they're saying, at kickoff. It's 7 p.m. on Peacock, which, by the way, let me just say, and I know that this is the way things are going with the streaming and stuff. NFL fans are getting screwed in this. Now, I, I live in Chicago, uh, as, as do you in the Chicagoland area. And, you know, we're fortunate that the Chiefs are so good. Most of the games are on on prime time. I mean, like right. 87% of the games are on prime time. But it kind of sucks because if you're out of market in that case, then you have to buy a Sunday ticket to see maybe like two or three Chiefs games. So you're right. already out a shit ton of money. Now, I'm a, I don't mind paying for Sunday ticket because I'm an NFL nut and I watch all the games at one time. I watch everything. So sure. I enjoy being able to do that. But if you just want to watch the Chiefs, that sucks. And if you want to watch the, you know, if you want to watch the Thursday night football games and you're outside the Kansas City market, well, you got to have Amazon Prime. And now it's the playoffs. Yep. And if you're not a Chiefs fan in Kansas City, you've got to pay six dollars for Peacock. And is there anything that makes you want to subscribe to Peacock less than being forced to subscribe to Peacock so you can watch one game? It's a good point. It's fair. Yeah, um, yeah it's uh, – look, I get it, but it's 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 crap. Like, they, they should not make fans do this, but they're going to because fans will do it. That's why. They know fans will do it. I'm, I already, I'll tell you right now, I'm giving my Peacock subscription to a buddy of mine so you can watch the game. Yeah. It's, it's like, screw it, man. Don't pay the money. I already have it. Yeah. You know? I mean, he's going to have it. My dad's using it. 
Yeah, but you know, I mean, it, whatever. By the way, you can three different households can be watching Peacock at the same time. So go nuts. Yeah. Um, share. I don't. I don't mind. Like scroll. They make enough money. They're fine. Okay. Um, now I know. And by the way, I want to say this because I've had a lot of people ask me this, this week. If you live in the Kansas City area, you do not have to do that. The game is on local NBC television. So yeah, just so you know, if you're out in case, what is it like KSBC or whatever it is, like 41, whatever that is, that NBC, the local affiliate, it is on the local affiliate in Kansas City. It is on in your local market. So just know that. Um, but I agree, that's garbage. Like, and they, but you know, this isn't the first. They did it last year too. There was a game, the the uh, the Chargers Jaguars game, I believe it was, it was on Peacock. So this isn't the first time. I don't mind as much the Amazon Prime thing because it's a whole package of games, at least. Like, you're getting it for the whole year. But it is true. It makes it harder and harder to watch. And, you know, like you said, I mean, look, I'm lucky enough my employer pays for my Sunday ticket because it's a work expense. But, like, if they didn't, and for years I, I had my own, I, I paid for forever. I mean, I wouldn't mind doing it. But, like, yeah. There are certain people, let's just call it, you know, call it what it is. I mean, it's expensive. It's not nothing. Like, there are some people who just, unfortunately, can't afford to spend that kind of money. I get it. I get that. Believe me, in college, I was going out to a bar every single weekend. I was ordering a Coke. And I was yeah. sitting there, I, I mean, nursing a Coke for three hours. I was broke. trying to watch, and, and my God, you want to talk about being a fan? Okay. I went to college from 06 to 09 watching the Chiefs at a bar every week. Thank God I was at a bar. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the only way to get through it. Um, I, I'll never. I will tell you. That. I went to a place called the Press Box in Oswego every every uh, weekend. A oh, place was great. God, they had the chocolate peanut butter pie. It was beautiful. Yeah, uh, we got a um, we got a, a super chat from KL three six eight. Appreciate you. Instacart Plus has a fourteen day trial that comes with Peacock for any of you Chiefs fans who don't want to pay. So there's the free trial. Yeah, and uh, look, it just sucks because it's like what they want you to do is forget that you signed up. Um, and then keep forgetting to cancel and then pay for it for six months. And that's what ends up happening with this shit. There are apps out there that can help you manage this stuff, but it's, it's, it's a nightmare. It sucks. The hell with the NFL and NBC for doing this for a playoff game. Um, it's just, it's just shitty. It's, it's extortion is what it is. It's, it's a shitty, you know, extortion to try to get people's money to get them to sign up for your streaming service. Don't do it. Like I'm telling you, streaming services. May, look, they got the data. Maybe I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but like, don't do this because I'm telling you, there's nothing that makes me want to buy your service less than being forced to sign up for it for one thing that's that used to be free on cable. Yeah. Um, so you know, like, just don't stop doing it. It's it, like just stop doing it, um, or just oh, you know what you should do I, instead of making people sign up for it. Open up Peacock for, for a week for free. Anybody can sign up. They give them a link. They sign up for free for Peacock. They get to watch the game, and they get to check out your service for a week, and they don't hate your guts. Right? right? Same. You, you know, you'll probably end up with more subscribers. Anyway, let's get into the game here. Um, as you mentioned, Dolphins seriously banged up. Injury report is out. You already covered these guys. Xavier Howard is out. That's a huge loss for them. Yeah. Um, and then you got a, a bunch of guys questionable. Uh, Deshaun Elliott, Javon Holland, uh, safeties for them didn't practice all week, but are listed as questionable. So m- maybe game time decisions for those guys, they try to give it a go. Waddle limited all week. 
most are limited all week. It's the playoffs, right? So it's a little bit different than the regular season. If you see a guy limited all week in the regular season, a lot of times they'll end up sitting out if they're questionable, if they try it out game time and still bothering them. This is win or go home. So it's probably likely, right, that those two guys try to play. But how effective will they be, I think, is the question, right? Yeah, I mean, I I think they will play. Um, I would. Ex- I'm expecting them to play. The only thing with like, the two guys in, in Holland and uh, Elliot who didn't practice all week, they may not be able to go. Like that might just be something where they just can't go. Uh, Holland tried to play week 18 against the Bills. He played for a little while and he he just couldn't go. Couldn't do it. Um, I mean, sometimes it's not as much a want to thing as it's like, look, man, it's zero freaking degrees outside and like you just can't get going. I mean, they're, they're like with Waddle. The question with that is, you know, you're talking about a high ankle sprain on a receiver. He steps wrong one time, it's over. I mean, that's it. Like, I think, I think that they will go Waddle and Mostert. I don't know about the safeties, but it does beg the question: like, how, how much can you go? Can you give, you know, can you play half the snaps? Can you play 75% of the snaps? You know, are, are you at anywhere near capacity? I mean, the one player the Dolphins will have in this game they didn't have the first time is, is A-Chan, who's averaging like seven and a half yards a carry. So the Chiefs better be prepared for him. Um, but it's tough, man. It, I mean, it's just my, – my best guess of the way this game plays out is I think Miami, you're going to have some guys give it a go, and some guys will be able to make it through the game, and some guys won't. And that's just going to be what it is. I mean, I – I remember years ago when Jeremy Macklin for the Chiefs in the playoffs up in New England tried to play on a high ankle sprain. And I got it. Listen, I give it to him. He gutted out. He was out there, but he couldn't move. I mean, he just couldn't. He was like, he was like hobbling down the field. He was trying. He was doing everything he could. But like, you know, at some point, you are, I mean, you're human. I mean, it is what it is. I think Waddle will try to play. But I also think there's a real chance that he runs like a half dozen routes. And it's like, yeah, man, I, I'm doing more harm than good being out here. I mean, I, I think that's a possibility. Yeah, and look, I mean, we all saw Patrick Mahomes running around on a high ankle sprain last year, and it was hard for him even to play quarterback. Right. Like, receiver, running back, like, forget about it. I mean, the, the, the it's a well, totally different ballgame. I mean, you're talking about as a receiver, you know, it's not so much when you run. I mean, I'm not saying there's no pain with a high ankle sprain running straight ahead, but it's when you cut. That's when – it's really difficult. Right. And, you know, listen, I mean, he's not running goal routes all game long, you know? So it's just going to be difficult. And, and you know, as uh, Joshua pointed out in the chat, Tyreek Hill's been limited all week too. I mean, he's got an ankle injury. He's got – he's been – he's. No, I don't know if it was this week, but last week for the Bills, he was in a walking boot all week when he wasn't practicing. Yeah. They are beat to hell. Ramsey is going to play, but he has a knee injury. He was limited all week long. Uh, they're just – I mean, they're just really beat up. They're really, really injured. I mean, it, defensively speaking, if those safeties don't play, it is like to put this into perspective, it's the equivalent of if the Chiefs in this game were out, were without, excuse me, were without Amenahu, Karloftis, Dana. I'm trying to think of the, with the linebackers, the two like uh, Tranquil, Gay. And both starting safeties, and then like McDuffie. I mean, yeah, like you still got Bolton and Jones and Steed, but like you're ravaged. I mean, you have how much? What do you have left? I mean, it, you have to play differently. 
you have to play much differently. And and again, all it takes is one or two times you have a big miscommunication. Like it's it's a wrap, man. Like by the way, Eli Apple uh, is uh, is going to be starting a corner in this game. So that's all. Yes, an old friend who I'm sure the Chiefs would love to uh, to go out relentlessly in this game. And, they, and, and for, for people who don't know, the Dolphins have Vic Fangio as their defensive coordinator. They play a lot of single high. They do not blitz very much. They keep everything in front of them. That's kind of the idea. They back up. They're a bend but don't break defense, but they play a lot of zone. And I got to tell you in this game, if they play a lot of zone, which I expect them to because that's what they've done all year long, the Chiefs are going to put rice on Eli Apple. And they are just relentlessly going to go after him. I mean, they'll they'll just put MVS on Ramsey and be like, hey, go, man. Yeah. Run a bunch of wind sprints. Like, yeah. if I'm the Dolphins, I would at least consider playing a little bit differently. Because if if Rice can just line up opposite of him. Now, that's how they lost that Titans game. They sat in zone, and Hopkins just kept running away from Ramsey, and he killed them the entire game. They ran crossing routes all game with DeAndre Hopkins, and he just torched them. If, if they're going to sit there and do that, I wonder, too, in this game, you know, the Chiefs got Kelsey shut – or, excuse me, the Chiefs had Kelsey shut down in that game by the Dolphins. I wonder if the Chiefs try to move him outside a little in this game. With all the injuries that the Dolphins have, do the Chiefs just flex him outside and say, we don't care if Ramsey's on Travis Kelsey. Kelsey's 50 pounds bigger than him, yeah. 60 pounds bigger than him. Like, fine. I mean, I, I wonder if the Chiefs do that a little bit in this game. And they say, you're not going to bracket him with a couple guys inside. You're not. Like, you want you want to bracket somebody inside, you're going to bracket, you know, Noah Gray when we go <laughs> to two tight ends. Like, I wonder if they'll try to do that a little bit. Yeah, and look, on the injury front for the Chiefs, the news is mostly good. It's not all good. Uh, Wanya Morris is, it was dealing with a concussion. Unfortunately, did not practice all week. He is out for the game uh, for his own protection, and that's a good thing. But that makes the Chiefs thinner at tackle, Donovan Smith, good news, was back this week. He was limited Tuesday and Wednesday. He was a full participant today. He has no injury designation for this game. Your, your, your concern in that situation, obviously, is that it he re-aggravates it in the middle of the game and can't play. And now you don't have your primary backup in one Morris. Right. So at that point, if that were to happen, are you looking at – uh, them doing the same thing they did in, in the last week of the season there and, and moving Joe Tooney out to left tackle and then bringing in Al Gretti? Yeah, so if, if he got hurt, uh, yeah, probably. I, just probably. I don't think they're bringing the Yang in the playoff game. I don't think that's happening. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably what they would do. You know, and, and listen, if they have to do that, they can do it. I mean, Tooney had to do that once in that game in Cincinnati. He played against Hendricks, and he was great. Yeah. So – yeah, um, and Al Gretti's played in enough games. You know, I think he'd be okay. But, yeah, obviously you're hoping that's not the case. But, yes, um, and with Morris, should the Chiefs win this week, and you hope hope he's back next week. The question is, do you start him or do you start Smith next week if they get there? You know, probably depends on how Donovan Smith plays this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as far as everybody else, uh, Justin Ross did not practice. He's got a hamstring injury, didn't practice on Tuesday, was limited Wednesday, limited today. He's questionable may not play a big role in this one anyway. Kadarius Tony was limited all week with a hip and ankle injury. He is questionable. Uh, and that's it. The Chiefs are coming in this game uh, pretty healthy with only three guys with injury designations. How worried are you about Donovan Smith being rusty in this one to start this game? Not a ton. I mean, my my guess is they're going to give him 
some help in this game. I mean, not that they really should have to. I mean, this this is not exactly uh, still curtain they're going up against on the outside. But you know, and by the way, that's one thing I, I would expect to see from the Dolphins in this game. Like, so their best pass rushers are Sealer and Wilkins on the inside. I wonder if they play a lot of games up front, which they did in week eight. They drove the Chiefs nuts with stunts. They got a ton of pressure that way. I guarantee you the Chiefs are hammering that home this weekend with the offensive line. Stunts, 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 more stunts. They're going to try to get Wilkins and Sealer against those tackles. That's what they're going to try to do in this game because they have to. Look, the Chiefs will win the battle on the interior more often than not with Humphrey and Smith and Tooney. I don't care who you have inside. But if they can loop around Smith and Taylor, all of a sudden now it becomes a little bit more of a problem. I expect the Chiefs to have to kind of deal with that a little bit um, in this game, and I think they will deal with it. If they haven't talked about it, they're out of their minds. I mean, listen, right now, you know, Justin Houston, he came in, he's 34 years old at this juncture. Um, He didn't do a whole hell of a lot. For the Panthers, he had 180 snaps in seven games. He had half a sack. Like he didn't produce. He didn't produce much. Bruce Irvin was brought in, and Bruce Irvin this year has played two games for the Lions. He had one sack. He's had four and a half sacks in the last four years total. I mean, Bruce Irvin at this point is pretty shot. He's 36. Okay, Houston's the one of all of them that actually gives me a little bit of trepidation because I could see in one of these games or like. He's bull rushing Donovan Smith into oblivion. But I think if you're the Chiefs, you're probably more apt to help him because it's the blind side. At least with Taylor, like you could see it coming if you need to. So um, I'm not that worried about him being rusty. Yeah. And look, when we go into this game um, from a big from a, like a big picture perspective, uh, the playoff Chiefs. Now everybody in the playoffs has their own thing that they bring, right? Coaches hold some things back. They they try to bring some new things. It's it's time to empty out the playbook because it's winner go home. But nobody has a bigger playbook or more tricks up their sleeve than Andy Reid. And as much as this offense has struggled at times during the season, even when the Chiefs had a an inferior quarterback and Alex Smith, they were able to go in playoff games against the Indianapolis Colts with with Alex Smith and not really many impressive weapons. And put up 44 points. And in a lot of these games where they've come up against teams that didn't have particularly strong defenses, Texans a few years ago, the Chiefs could really come out and light them up. Do you think playoff Chiefs will be a thing? Do you think we will see more success from the Chiefs offense in this game where they're going up against a banged up defense and because Andy Reid's in his bag? Or is that sort of just like a misnomer? It's not really. A no, it's, it, that's a real thing. Because and I was always on the other side of this until the last couple of years. I always laugh when people would be like, "Oh, come on, they're saving stuff." I'm like, "Saving stuff? They're trying to win games." But then it's been it's become very obvious in the last two three seasons here. They get in the playoffs and they roll out like 50 plays you haven't seen all year long. No, yeah, it's a real thing. I've I've thought a lot about that this week. Like, um, this is going to come off really, really like pompous. But I do wonder in this game, do they show everything even in this game? Or do they say, like, you know what? We're going to come out early and we're going to show, like, 12 plays. We're going to try to just get a real quick 10, 14 points 
And then if we have to coast, try to coast it out. And then basically just unload the, you know, the proverbial clip against Buffalo. You know, I mean, I don't think you can do that in the sense that it's one, like you got to win. You got to win this game. Now, I think if they get up by an insurmountable amount, then I don't think all of a sudden they'll be thrown, you know, I think they'll, they'll pull back a little bit, but. I do wonder with them. Yeah, first of all, yes. I think the answer is yes. They are going to show a whole bunch of stuff you haven't seen. Um, but I think if they get up enough where they're like, we feel pretty good like this game's in hand, I could see them saving a whole bunch and going, you know what? Okay, we still have got 20 or 30 plays that nobody's seen. We go into Buffalo with that. We feel good. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. But yes, I think it's a real thing. I think they will. They will absolutely do. And by the way, it's a real thing on defense too. Where Spags over the last handful of years has done some stuff where like you haven't seen it all year long, and then all of a sudden they're rolling out with all these different looks. They're hard enough to game plan for defensively with yeah. all the crap they do. And then you start giving unscouted looks. Yeah, it's a problem. Yeah, and you know. Look, it's it's different for this team than it is for other teams. When the Chiefs know when they when they strap up for game one that they're going to the playoffs unless some sort of disaster happens, and that they're trying to win a Super Bowl. And it's different than a team that's just like we we just got to get in the playoffs. We got to try. We do everything we can. We're not talented enough, so we got to throw everything at the regular season. Right. So they practice plays throughout the year. Remember the Rose Bowl thing and and that was more of a flashy one but there's other ones that you don't hear about talked about after the game because they were just sort of normal plays that happened that they practice every week they practice them every week and they just never call them in a game and they just accumulate those and they accumulate them and then they've got this sort of reserve and it makes a difference it's why the chiefs you they seem to have so much success sometimes when they come out at the beginning of the game because they've got some scripted plays that they practice that week just for that game and oftentimes it will lead to a touchdown it matters there's a lot of strategy involved, so I, I'm excited. And remember what the the Chiefs did to the Bengals in the AFC Championship game in the first quarter last year. I mean, they were Bengals didn't know what was going on. And Spags said after the game, like we, we we had some stuff that we didn't use the first time we played them. And if you don't think that the Chiefs, when they got up 21 to nothing over the over the the Dolphins in Germany, didn't pull back in that second half with some of their plays offensively because they thought the defense can can see us through. You're crazy, and so it's going to be really interesting to see uh, what they bring out in this game. But they no doubt have it. I think the thing that you're worried about if you're a Chiefs fan is that their problem has been not necessarily their play calling, but their actual execution. So they could have all the greatest plays in the world, but if guys are jumping off sides and putting them in, in second and third and long right. and dropping the football, it's not going to matter what they call. Do you think that they'll be able to be more sharp in this game? Because that seems to be their biggest enemy on offense, at least. I mean, my my biggest fear with the Chiefs in this game is they just turn it over three or four times. I mean, that listen, one thing about it being this cold, that ball's a brick, and it is a slippery brick. Like that, That is going to be an issue in this game. They already drop passes. Now you're getting into like the balls. It's going to be catching an ice cube. Now, I think just because of the way they play and the way the quarterbacks throw the ball, I think it probably is easier for the Chiefs in this game than it is for Miami. I mean, Miami, they like to go more down the field. Well, that's going to be hard to do in this game. I mean, that when you are dealing with this kind of weather, it's harder to get a grip on the ball. It's harder to, you know, when you're when you're trying to grip that football – 
and you're trying to really get some some loft and some 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 zip on it as well at the same time you're going deep down the field it's hard to really get your hands around it i mean it's just it's it's physics i would expect that you're going to see shorter passing games i think for the chiefs that probably benefits them um that being said the chiefs are also a team that they have no hands uh outside of uh, kelsey and, and even rice has had his drops this year and so i do think that's an issue um I mean, you'd be a fool not to be terrified of them fumbling. And throw. I mean, it, they've done it all year long. That is the way they lose this game. If they lose this game, I guarantee you that's the reason why. Yeah. I guarantee you that's the reason why. I know there's a thought process. And I even mentioned it earlier about, well, what if Miami runs like crazy? I think Spags has also thought of that. If they lose this game, it's going to be because they turn the ball over like crazy and they lose some ridiculous game. And, that, and that's why. Because right now, the Dolphins are 11 and 6. They are not bringing in 11 and 16 to Arrowhead Stadium. They're not. They're bringing like a 500 team to Arrowhead Stadium. That team is beat to hell. If you took the team that they're going to start on at Arrowhead and you played with that group for, for 17 games, how many games does that team win? Eight or nine, right? Like probably right around 500. It's a totally different deal. Especially like if Waddle doesn't play, they're probably like a seven or an eight win team. So it's not the same team it's been. It's, it, it's, not, it's not a knock on the Dolphins. It sucks. It is what it is. They're beat up. But I think that's reality. Yeah, shout out to AJ Figarelli for the Super Chat. It says, knock on wood, call me crazy, but I have this weird belief that the regular season was all an act and they will explode Saturday. Uh, I don't know if it was all an act. I'll call you crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't an act, man. They can't catch the ball. They can't catch. And they turn it over constantly. Yeah. Like, I do think we have to deal with the reality of the fact that this offense has been a mess. But to AJ's point, look, it is the playoffs. It is one game. Like, could they go out and score 40 points? Yeah, sure, they could. I mean, the Dolphins could win the game. The Chiefs could go out and win 42-6. to six. I mean, I, would I be surprised? Yes, I'd be surprised. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's a world in this game. And listen, again, this isn't a knock on Miami. It's just it's a fact with all the injuries. Is there a world where the Dolphins are just overwhelmed in this game? Yeah, there is. There's, I mean, there is a real world in this game where Miami is just absolutely cooked. They just have too many injuries. It just, it, it goes side. Look, one thing about playoff games in the NFL, especially when you're a road team, the one thing that can happen is the game can go sideways, and if it does, it can go really sideways. It can just be an avalanche. There's a world where that happens on Saturday night. I'm not predicting it necessarily, but there's a world where, yeah, the Chiefs get up seven nothing. The Dolphins, you know, whatever, the early turnover, 14, and all of a sudden it's just it spags is blitzing like crazy and it, and, and a Waddle can't run. And yeah, it all of a sudden you look up at the score and it's 38 to six. I mean, yeah, that's possible. Yeah. But I think you have to be realistic that the offensive issues they've had, offensive line penalties, drops, turnovers. I mean, could it go away? Yeah, but it's been here for four months. I mean, it's not like this has been like a recent issue. This has been all year long. Tom McCarthy for the Super Chat. Thank you. Anyone want to share my Peacock account with me? Reach out, get in touch with Tom. Um, appreciate the Super Chat. Um, so look, the whole Chiefs can turn it on thing. A lot of people think that's BS. But how much do you think, yes, they weren't playing games. Like Kadarius Tony wasn't dropping that ball at the end of the Detroit game, you know, because he was like, oh, yeah, we're going to, we're going to. It's all part of our master plan to throw everybody off. He yeah. catches that ball, they win the game. Um, but for for guys that have been on the team before, and Juwan Taylor, you know, was not. But like some of the other guys, 
How much do you think there is a little bit of like, okay, we got to get through the regular season and they're just not quite as focused and as sharp as they need to be in the regular season game. I know they would never admit it. Right. But it's, it's there. It's even if it's not, even if it's not conscious, right. Like they know it's a regular season game and then they get to the playoffs and they're like, all right, it's time to like, you know, I need to make sure I'm really focused. Do you think they'll maybe benefit from some of that, that they have some veteran guys on this team, even a guy like MVS, who's just been absolutely atrocious and shouldn't even play in this game, but he will. Is this oh, a game he'll play where... play 90% of the snaps. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and this is, is this a game where, like, because he's a veteran, because he's been to the Super Bowl and back with this team, and he knows it's the playoffs now, then maybe that concentration's a little bit better and he actually comes through. No. <laughs> I shouldn't have brought up MVS because it's really a question about MVS. Yes, don't ask me MVS. I I would say no. I don't think that's the case because I don't think they're any good. These receivers just aren't any good. Okay, I I don't think MVS all of a sudden is going to channel his inner Jerry Rice. Although, wouldn't that be the most like? Yeah, ten years ago, you'd never say this about the Chiefs, but wouldn't that be the most Chiefs outcome at this point? Like. MBS is just absolutely torching Jalen Ramsey all over the field. And you're like, oh my God, like what the hell happened? Right. Uh, you know, like, like he's been playing the long game for 17 weeks. Right. I, yeah. No, I don't think so. They, he, he's not good. Okay. And Kadarius Tony's not good. And Justin Watson's not terrible, but like he's kind of just a, a guy. And um, I think the more likely scenario is that Mahomes just goes into God mode. That I think is a real like on the table thing. Yes. Because even with the – I can see Mahomes just having one of these games where it's like, hey, it's third and eight and everybody's covered, but it doesn't matter because he threw the ball into a shoebox-sized space to, to Rasheed Rice for 40 yards. Like, that I could see happening. Like, that I could – look, I think if you're the Chiefs, and we've talked about this all, all year long, I do think there's a world here where they can win if they don't turn it over, even with all their other bullshit. If they run the ball of Pacheco and they hand off – or excuse me, and they and they – they hand off to Pacheco and they throw to, to Rice and Kelsey, and that's who they go through for the for the playoff run. Because those three guys are really good players. Like, and that's a you know, listen, between those three guys, the interior of the offensive line and Mahomes, like that's a lot. I mean, that's that's better than a lot of teams have at their disposal. Um, but I think that has to be what it is. Like, I, I don't think you can go into it going, hey, you know, we're gonna get going this week. No, 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 no. Like. You need to hone in on those guys. And to be fair, like with some Justin Watson, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, a little bit of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who's like kind of had juice lately. I'm not saying I'd give him a ton of like uh, shine here, but a half dozen touches in the game, maybe maybe give it a shot. Like if you're the Chiefs, this isn't a time to get cute. This is a time to say we got three horses on this offense and we are riding them till the wheels fall off. Like that's what you do. That's, I honestly got like I, I think that's how you go into the playoffs. And and by the way, we haven't talked about him, Pacheco in this game, he's the guy, man. Like you want to tackle him in negative ten? Have fun with that. I would hand off to him, tell him two hands on the ball, and buddy, you're a sledgehammer. Go like I would literally sit him down this week and tell him, you're getting the ball twenty five times in this game. Here it comes. Like we're running, we're running you. 25 times, we believe that by the, about the 15th carry, guys are going to start making like a little bit of a business decision. Hey, I don't want to hit this guy. I don't want to deal with that. Even if it's not conscious, even if it's subconscious, it's just like, oh, my God, this guy again. You know, think about Pacheco 20 miles an hour putting his helmet into your gut at zero degrees. 
doing it over and over and over. And then you hit him and then he doesn't go down. And then another guy hits him, but he also kind of hits you. And now your hand's stinging. And then, oh, by the way, here's Pacheco off tackle again. Like that guy to me, he is the key to this game offensively. Hand the ball off. Don't get cute. If they're in third and one, none of this bullshit where it's like, hey, Blake Bell's in the game first. No, 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 no. Hand the ball to Pacheco and run it at Bruce Irvin and Emmanuel Ogba. Here it comes. Like, that's what you do in this game. You don't get cute with it. You play with your stars, and I think that's what they have to do in this game. I think the person I'm most scared about when it comes to Miami in this game, with all due respect to Tyreek Hill, I think I think the Chiefs have a plan to deal with Tyreek Hill, and he's a little bit banged up, is Devon Achan. He did not play the first time these two teams played. This guy, if you haven't followed the Dolphins much this year, he had 800 yards on 103 carries this season. He averaged 7.8 yards per carry. And he just bra- – he had eight touchdowns as well. He breaks off huge runs. The Chiefs struggle against the run. He's fast. With all the motion and worrying about Tyree Kill and worrying about the receivers – they th- these guys, these defenses can get flat-footed, and this guy can break them off. How concerned are you about him being basically the the, the Dolphins' offense in this one with Mostert banged up? Very. I, I agree with your assessment. He is the guy to watch for me in this game because I think with, with Hill, as great as he is, I do think the Chiefs can, and I say this relatively speaking, put the clamps on him. I don't think he's going to have three catches for 20 yards, but like I think they can do what they did the last game, which was like eight catches, 60-some-odd yards. Like I think they can play within that that reasonable structure. Um, the problem with Mostert and especially Achan is all it takes is one time, and they get some. They are so damn fast; they're they're gone like that. To me, and look, one thing about the Chiefs this year—they've been great at. They're great at tackling. They only Dallas has fewer missed tackles than the Chiefs. The Chiefs do not miss tackles. They cannot miss them in this game. You have to be able to. Play your play gap sound. You can live with, hey, look, every once in a blue moon, he gets 10, 15. You can live with it. You can say, okay, hey, we'll reset. Fine. You cannot give up an 80-yard touchdown run. Like, every once in a while, you get creased. Hey, fine, man. I mean, look, if you go look, and I'll pull up the box score right now because I don't want to be uh, – I don't want to overspeak or, or undersell it. But he played well against uh, Buffalo last weekend. And if you look at that game for, for A-Chan, okay – so he had he had 5.6 yards per carry. Now, for reasons I'll never understand, the Dolphins never seemed to stick with the run. He had, 50, he had 10 carries for 56 yards. He only caught one ball. He's not a big uh, factor in the reception game. He's in the passing game. He they don't they don't throw very often to him, and he doesn't have a ton of yardage. I mean, he only has 197 receiving yards this year. But he can really run. Now, I will say this: what I think is notable, some of that average was built up in. Re- Ridiculous, ridiculous. Like video game type stuff. Yeah. Against Denver, 18 carries, 203 yards, 11.3 yards a carry. The Bills, eight carries, 101 yards. Giants, 11 carries, 151 yards. I mean, those averages are 11.3, 12.6, and 13.7. Since then, it's been. Well, I'll, I'll take out the Raiders game. He had one carry for one yard, so we'll, we'll excuse that. Washington, 4.3 yards carry. Tennessee, 6.7 on seven carries. The Jets, 3.6. The 
The Cowboys 3.4. The Ravens was his biggest game, 7.6, largely because of one 45-yard run. Other than that, he was he was held to about four yards of carry. And then the 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 game against Buffalo, where he had 10 carries for 56 yards, 25 on one carry. Otherwise, he averaged about three and change. So he can he can break it off on you now. To me, the big thing is if you don't give up the huge run to him, you're okay. You can you can handle all the other stuff. Okay. The problem is if he gets out the gate, you got a big problem. Like yeah. he's gone. So you've got you got to play gap sound. You got to rally to the football, tackle, gang tackle. They do that. I think they're okay. I think they'll be fine. But that's to me when I look at him, it, that's that's where you're going to have to really play smart and play well. Yeah, he's 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 scary. And what I'm most afraid of is that that the Dolphins decide in this game to give him 25 carries. I just don't uh, think that's happening, man. I, really I, I hope not. And he's look, he's not a big guy. He's five nine, yeah, one eighty eight. Well, and and by the way, because the point I was going to bring up, Mostert since so starting with the Chiefs game. Okay, so he's played, including that game, seven games down the stretch. He's missed a few because of injury in recent weeks. Against the Chiefs, had 12 carries for 85 yards, 7.1 yards per carry. Obviously, it's not great. A lot of that came on the last drive of the game. He ran for like 40-some-odd yards and two runs. Otherwise, the Chiefs were actually okay, but that last drive was a problem. Since then, 3.9, 4.7, 3.9, 4.6, 2.8, 4 4.2. And that is on a pretty heavy workload, 22 carries, and then 20, 11, 21, 15, 11. When he plays, when Mostert plays, he's the lead back. And he should be. Mostert's been terrific. But – the last handful of weeks, they have not been the offense they were, which, by the way, early in the year, before the Chiefs game, 3.7, 6.7, 6.3, 1.3, 6.5, 6.8, 5.0, 3.5. Like, for both Mostert and Achan, their averages have gone down as the year has gone on. And I think part of that is teams have started to say, okay, look, we're not going to get torched doing this. But part of it, too, is I don't think either guy's 100%. Achan was limited all week, too. So yeah. – Factor. All right, let's get to our game predictions. I'll kick us off this time. Um, look, I, I think I do think the Chiefs are going to win this one. I think it's going to be frighteningly close. I don't think it's going to be particularly high scoring. I'm taking the under. I think the Chiefs uh, win this one, though, 19 to 17. I think it's a little bit similar to that first game. It's uh, it's a little bit of a dogfight, some field goals in there. But I got the Chiefs. I think the Dolphins are just too banged up. Chiefs too experienced. They're at home. It's cold. Uh, go get it, boys. What about you, Bergeron? I think the Chiefs are going to win this game 27 to 10. Wow. And I almost want to pick like 31 to 6. I I think I think that the Dolphins are ridiculously beat up. I think that Mahomes will be dialed in as he is come playoff time. I think the Chiefs defense is a special group. I think they're phenomenal. And I, I think they're going to come to play in this game. And by the way, if you remember the first time they played the Dolphins in perfect conditions and a healthier team, the Dolphins scored seven points before the Chiefs had a turnover on the 20-yard line. And even that was going to result in a punt until Chris Jones took a personal foul after like a fourth and 12 play. Okay? Yeah. I think the Chiefs are going to play very, very well in this game. Defensively, I think offensively, they will play well. They will do enough. Um, but I, I know that sounds crazy. I know it sounds like, how could you pick them? I, I just feel in this game they're going to play really well. I think it's a horrible matchup for the Dolphins. I think it's a horrible matchup. 
The Chiefs are one of the few teams that they can match them with their corners. The Chiefs are a nightmare for them up front. The Chiefs can blitz effectively from anywhere. They can get to you with a four-man rush. I, I think the biggest mismatch this weekend in any game is Tua against Spagnola. It is the biggest mismatch. Yeah. If you can get him to hold the ball for a second, it's a big problem. Spags is great at making you think before the snap and muddying the picture and you don't know what's coming. Like I, I think this is going to be a very difficult game for the Dolphins. I think the Chiefs win. I think they win big. I think they win by three or more scores. Man, I hope you're right. That would make my Saturday. There's a blizzard coming to Chicago, and uh, I, I'm going to be stuck in the house. And I would, I, if I, if that's the case, I'd rather not be. You know, I don't want to have to go out and try to drown myself in the snow. So I was, uh, I was going to drive out to Arrowhead tomorrow because SI was nice enough to give me two nights in a hotel, but it is uh, not going to happen. So uh, I'm going to be driving out Saturday morning, get out there, stuff myself full of burnt ends like any other, uh, like any respectable grown man does in Kansas yeah. City. Go to the game. Cover the game, write about the game, get in the car, go back, uh, and then drive all the way home Sunday morning. So I'll be uh, home in time for the games. I will tell you, if you've never covered a game at Arrowhead, which I'm assuming you know, a lot of you probably have not done that because you probably go as fans, and good for you. I did that this year. It was fun. Um, we park as media with the fans, which is, which in a lot of ways is cool. The downside of that is there's like a 25 to 30-minute walk to the stadium. And I, I know this is bizarre. I'm really looking forward to that walk in that weather. And I mean that. Like, I feel like it's playoff time. I, I, as much as I am happy that I'm in the press box and it'll be warm, there's a little part of me that's like, man, it'd be cool to be out in the stands for this game. Like, I, to feel that, to be part of it. I'm looking forward to walking through the parking lot on the way in on Saturday when it's dusk and it's cold. And it, I mean, it's just that's, that's the playoffs. Like, I, I'm really looking forward to doing that. It's going to be an exciting game. We're going to skip Patty's power rankings this week. I had a good a good one uh, for you, but I don't want to end the show on a downer. Um, so we'll, we'll save it. We'll save it for maybe next week. Why don't you do, because um, I, I can guarantee you I know what it is. Why don't you do the opposite of it? The opposite? Um, okay. All right. Um, so really quickly, then, what are your three uh, best Chiefs playoff memories? There you go. See? Do, do, <laughs> finally look at the bright side like yeah, I yeah. always like to do of course um I, I mean <laughs> number number one I'll go the opposite I'll go the inverse number three for me is is when they beat the Titans in the AFC championship game because yeah and, and more specifically Sammy Watkins is touchdown catch uh, because the second he caught that ball you knew like they're gonna go to the Super Bowl I mean, that was something that, unless you saw it back in Super Bowl four, you never thought this team would do, ever. I mean, I, I was convinced I'd die without seeing them ever get to a Super Bowl. That was a moment I'll never forget as long as I live. Number two would have to be last year's AFC title game. That game, Burrowhead, what it meant, never beaten Cincinnati. Um, that's got to be number two. And then... <laughs> Number one, it, it's got it's got to be the first Super Bowl. Yeah. Like it had, they won it, right? I mean, yeah. which is crazy because like you're leaving off a Super Bowl win, a comeback from twenty four nothing, and the thirteen seconds game. <laughs> which just goes to show what it's been like with this team in the last five years, right? Like, like no matter what happens, I mean, come on, 
And by the way, I see people saying 93 Chiefs Oilers. Believe me, 93 holds a special place in my heart. First year Chiefs fan. Uh, I was five years old. And I remember those games like it was yesterday. Those are some of the first memories of my life. I'm just kind of going off the Mahomes era. But, oh, yeah, toss those in. But for me, number one's got to be beating the Niners. I mean, I was in the building that night. It was it was special. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, for me, I got to go number three. The, I, I've been fortunate to be at a couple of Chiefs playoff games in, in, in the Mahomes era, divisional games. I was at the comeback game against the, the Houston Texans, and that was one of the most incredible sporting events I'd ever been to. It was. I, I always say it was like being at a funeral and the corpse jumps out of the casket and it's like, surprise, I'm not dead, uh, because everybody in that stadium was miserable. It was over, and then and then it was a tsunami of Chiefs scoring. It was awesome. Yeah. So much fun. Number two for me um, is is the 13 seconds game, which because I was there and I was uh, I mean, I was sitting next yeah. to a big group of Bills fans and it was on, honestly it was a, it was the greatest sporting event I've ever been to. Period. Hands down. I've been to a lot. That was just unbelievable. I was I felt so fortunate. I it probably I'll probably never top it unless I'm at a Chiefs Super Bowl where they win it. Like, I don't I don't know they'll ever top from the drama of that game, it, 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 w- it would be number one for me if it wasn't for number one being the, being the 49ers. Cause I, that I was in such despair with about seven minutes to go in that game, start cleaning up the house and then wasp happened and then Sammy happened. And then that was it. And that was incredible. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that 13 seconds game was, uh, man, I, I, I stayed up almost all night just watching the highlights over and over again. And I was there. It was amazing. Oh, I mean, listen, I remember because I almost went with you to that game. Right. I, um, I offered you. You did. Yeah. And I stayed home partially because I was like, well, if they lose, it's a, it's a hike to get there and back. And then also I always, in the, I talked to my dad during the game. So I'm like, well, you know, I, I'm just going to do that. And I remember like, like anybody else in the world, like when Gabe Davis scored that touchdown, you're like, oh my God, like this game, like they're going to lose. They're going to lose this game. And, you know, we're on the phone and he and I are both like, well, you know, what are you going to do? You know, the game's over and so on and so forth. And uh, it's kind of assumed. And then you're sitting there and it's like, okay, they kicked the ball to the end zone. Okay, all right. And I was, you know, I, I think probably most people, I started doing the math in my head, right? You're like, all right, well, they're at 25. Maybe they have two plays. They've they got to go 35 yards, 40 yards for Bucket of any shot. And then the first play happened to Hill and you're like, Okay, like they need about 15 more, but they actually do have a chance. And I'll never forget, like you think a million things at once. I remember seeing Kelsey break so open. I was like, oh my God, just don't drop it. Like you're going to get in field goal range. And I don't know how you felt at the moment. Butker has been so great with big kicks. I had zero fear he was going to miss the kick. I was like, he's going to hit this. They're going overtime. And then I had all of a sudden I started to panic because I was like, oh my God, overtime. Like they got to win a coin toss because if they lose this toss, they're losing. Like whoever wins this toss wins. And when they won the toss, I swear to God, it was the loudest arrowhead was all night because you're like, oh, this they're gonna win. Like they're gonna take the ball and go down the field and win. I will I will contend forever. It is the best football game ever played. I really believe that. Like it is, and it didn't even make my top three because I feel like moments-wise, I mean, they unfortunately they lost next week, but and then there's the Eagles game. Like, did, yeah, I covered that Super Bowl. And you're like, how do you not pick that Super Bowl? But it's, again, that's what this team has done for Chiefs fans. Like, you can't eat. You're like, I don't, I don't know. Does, do both Super Bowls make the top three? Like, 
don't don't take it for granted. Yeah, don't take it for granted is the message. Uh, listen, everybody, we are going to be here for you on game day. We'll have our Chiefs pregame show, halftime show, and a postgame show. No matter what happens, uh, we'll be here. Uh, thank you to Matt Verderam for uh, joining me again. He'll be at the game. So we'll be on with us with, with, with postgame, but we'll get his thoughts later next week on how things turn out. Thank you to producer Richard, all the guys from all the shows earlier in this week. We'll see you on Saturday for Chiefs Dolphins. Uh, but until then, as always, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs.